it's nowhere near as tricky. It's nowhere near as tricky as calculating net run rate. One man who knows how to cal- uh, calculate net run rate in his head, he can just he just pull out the numbers. He, he, uh, Garth Galloway, who just happens to be with us here on uh, Mornings with Ian Smith, Mr. Galloway, how are you, friend? How you doing? I'm well, thanks, Daniel. Nice, nice to talk to you. And, and, and New Zealand's net run rate uh, plus two point one four nine in the World Cup at the moment. Exactly. Just done that in my head. Exactly. How easy, good? Easy. Garth, we, we should, we should. The team won't be like this. The team can't afford to be like this. But we, as sports fans, and yes, we commentate the sport. We are still allowed to be sports fans. We're still bathing in that performance because it was utter brilliance from the Black Caps, wasn't it? Against England, I, I, uh, Daniel, I can't remember a better performance and with, with white ball. I don't think um, it was certainly you know up there with New Zealand's greatest performances in that format of the game. I, I just thought it was incredible. And you and I have watched this team a lot over a number of years. And I'm, I, you know, I, I think I speak for both of us when I say I would never have predicted a win of, of that sort of magnitude. It was incredible and and so thrilling to see Ravindra and Conway, but but you know performing with such skill. But also you know earlier on I, I thought um, you know I thought Latham's captaincy was fantastic. He had one of those days where every call he seemed to make you know turned to gold. He had the Midas touch. You see players like Phillips picking up a couple of wickets and you know that things are going your way. Uh, Henry's bowling was magnificent. Bolt, I thought, was just a little bit off at the start, but then came back. And, and you know, remember, no Williamson, no Southey, um, no Ferguson, mm-hmm. no Sodi. So, you know, terrific performance. And we, we need to acknowledge the batting. You've seen a lot of fine innings over the years, but uh, to two, for two players to be in that rarer touch together is quite something. Uh, the two left-handers were just glorious. Yeah, I mean, you won't see, you know, that's, I think they said it's the fourth highest performance, uh, fourth highest partnership in a, in a World Cup. And when you think that two of those other um, partnerships above them were against Zimbabwe and one was against a pretty poor Sri Lankan side, you know, this partnership must go down as, as, as you know, possibly the greatest in World Cup, you know, in World Cup round-robin games and things. It was incredible. And I thought, um, you know, Conway is just a player who seems to be able to manufacture shots. It was interesting listening to Ravindra's comments about batting with him and just sitting at the non-strikers in, in awe of some of the shots that uh, that he was able to play. But then, you know, also Ravindra, he, he hits the ball straight so beautifully and down to the long-arm boundary as well. And, and we also saw him, I thought, which was a really telling part of the game when when he pulled Mark Wood away to the boundary behind square yes. before, you know, Wood was bowling 147 or something, Daniel. And, you know, Ravindra almost looked surprised at what he had done. But it just told, told you that everything was in rhythm and, and things were moving and he was trusting his instincts. And he took the wild card out of the equation. Uh, five overs for 50-odd, Wood. This is a guy, and I know it's a different form of the game, but you know the impact he can make. Um, we've seen it in World Cups, and we just saw it in the ashes. Once he came into the English mix, England completely changed as a result. Mark Wood is that dangerous a player. Absolutely. And, and it was, you know, it was Ravindra who took to him early on. Um, and, you know, for a 23-year-old uh, playing in his first World Cup, it was a terrific show of, of, of confidence. Um, I, you know, you, I think we've also got to give the New Zealand selectors a, a pat on the back, Daniel, for, for putting Ravindra up the order. Um, he'd shown glimpses uh, down down the order, scoring runs at a, at a pretty good clip, actually, and and, um, and starting to become more consistent. 
Uh, but to put him up there and, uh, you know, bat him at three, you know, was a masterstroke, really. And it now gives them, I think, uh, you know, some real confidence in terms of their top order. Uh, you know, for me, Young has struggled uh, quite a lot. I think he's the he's kind of the weak link at the moment up there. And um, But no doubt they'll give him a run against the Netherlands or, or Afghanistan and, and hopefully he'll find some form. But it's a nice problem for the New Zealand selectors to have. Um, and, you know, you think how they're going to juggle around with the order now. Um, you know, Young has to come into some sort of form. Williamson comes in, so perhaps Ravindra will open, and I'm sure he could do that job pretty well as well. Well, if I was to put you on the spot, you're ne- never shy to tell me to, to uh, you know, go jump with regard to uh, selecting a cricketing 11. If everyone's fit here, Garth, if everyone is fit and available, w- would you make that bold call of asking Ruchin Ravindra to open for the first time in international one-day cricket? And he's your man for yeah. the rest of the tournament. Is that what you say? Uh, yeah, I think I would, um, because uh, you know, again, I, I just don't. For, for me, yeah, I, I'm not sure I would have picked Young for the for the team. Actually, I think you know, interestingly, I like Blundell more at, at the top of the order. He hasn't played as much, but I like him. Um, yeah, he is. Ravindra is the person I think you have to think about opening now. Um, and, and that gives you the solidity. You've got to get Williamson in there. I mean, I, I, Williamson's not going to play tonight, is he? So uh, presumably Young will get a, another trot. Um, but I think when you're starting to look into the big games, you, you, you have to get Ravindra uh, in the mix, and I think he'll have to open with with um, Conway. I don't see that, you know, the difference between batting at three and, and one or two. I don't see the difference as being too marked. And um, he has, uh, you know, he's played many games for your beloved uh, Wellington Firebirds, Daniel, opening with Conway in white ball cricket. So, uh, you know, I don't see it as being a giant step for him. But it shows the level of depth we do have if you're leaving Will Young out. He's had a really good year, hasn't he, Garth? Averaging over 40 in one-day cricket this year, strike rate of over 80. And, gee, he was just a little bit unlucky with that caught down the leg side. You hate it when that happens. But that, that is another sign of the depth and options we have, that we could find Will Young, a very fine player, completely out of the mix. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think Young has not... He, he, he has been good at times. Um, again, I always tend to judge players against the stronger opposition, you know, the top sides, Daniel, and, um, yeah. and, and where players score runs in those matches. And, 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 you, and, and yeah, sure, he was unlucky. Absolutely, he was unlucky getting strangled out down the leg side. But um, yeah, there is depth in the side. I, I agree with you. I think the, the interesting thing for me is that you've got players like Phillips and Ravindra and, and, and Mitchell as well uh, who can bowl and bat, and you're seeing, you know, these sides that, um, like India, the top sides in the world, the really good ones are the ones who have got a lot of these players who can do a bit of both. And, you know, I, I know Phillips is not a top class, you know, international off-spin bowler, but he picked up two for 17 the other day and did his job. Ravindra is, mm. is able to roll his arm over. He doesn't have the beautiful subtleties and control that Satna has. Uh, the more time he spends with Satna, I think, the better. Um, but, yeah, there, there is some real strength. And what, what you're also seeing, I think, which is, is, is wonderful, is that the players, you know, the, 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 the batsmen are prepared to hit the ball um, you know, the, the, the tentativeness seems to have gone. And, and you and I have watched New Zealand sides where 
uh, the strike rates haven't been as high. Uh, the, you know, the, the, they've struggled a little bit, lost wickets early on, and so on. But quite, quite incredible, I think, really, to see these guys come down at um, you know having lost Young and then to, to play so well. And, and interestingly, just thinking about that, Daniel wasn't an extraordinary recovery from India, being you know uh, three wickets down for two runs last night, and then chasing that total down with um, comparative ease. Again, you know, looking at India's strength, those three spin bowlers, uh, Kulti. Uh, Ashwin and Jadeja, just wonderful performers. Yeah, and, and I wanted to move on to some of the other games. I was going to ask you of all the ones that have been played, what has stuck out? And it, it, I'm guessing here it is the India-Australia game. Marquee sides, of course, uh, so much uh, expectation on India. It's, I thought Australia were really well positioned. 74 for the loss of one and the 17th over. Uh, but, and then Warner goes, and unfortunately, I think it's only 10 or 11 overs later, Smith goes. But I'm sorry, Australia need to show more. Despite losing those two fine players, they crumbled away quite poorly with the bat to be out for 199. Yeah, look, they did. And um, and, and watching those dismissals and having a look at the highlights packages today, and I, I watched a fair bit of it last night too, um, I thought that it was really interesting because Kuldeep came on quite early, um, you know, the left-arm wrist spinner for India, and, and, and he really seemed to struggle with his length in his first couple of overs. And then he, he, he was too full. And then you saw him just pull the ball back a little bit and things started to happen. He picked up Warner with a, with a court and bowled. Uh, but then, you know, just the, the, the sign of how difficult it's going to be for some of those signs, we saw Smith, who was in pretty good nick, getting beaten by a Karen ball uh, by Ashwin. I don't know if you saw it, but it just turned and gripped and moved yeah. away from the right-hander. Yeah. And then he had Jadeja with a classic Jadeja dismissal coming around the wicket and drifting the ball into Smith. He played down the wrong line as it turned and it clipped the top of off stump. And, you know, for me, when you look at those those three spinners, all of them, uh, well, Ashwin and Jadeja in particular, capable of getting runs as well. They took six, six wickets between them, Daniel. Ashwin had one for 34 from 10, Kuldi one for 42, and Jadeja three for 28. And, and that's where Australia really struggled. And I think, you know, when you see... Uh, I mean, obviously India's batting after losing those three wickets early on was, was wonderful. But those three spinners are going to be a handful for all of the sides. And, you know, one of the things I've, I've felt with this tournament before it started is that the teams with the best spin bowlers are going to have an advantage. I mean, that's yeah. stating the obvious. But I think India's three are magnificent. Yeah, Rohit Sharma, Ishan Kishan and Shurash I are all gone without scoring three for two. They have another chance soon after. They don't take it, but... You know, Coley is just wonder. But KL Rahul, what a knock that was. He won't get the headlines in India because you've got to write headlines about Coley, but I thought KL Rahul's knock was superb. Yeah, it was brilliant. And the drop chance I think you're talking about is Coley being dropped by Mitchell March on 12. And um, and that, that, that they would have been 20 for four at that stage, India, and that might have meant, you know, that there could have been a change in outcome. It was a bad bad miss by uh, Marsh, but yeah, Rahul, is, he, he's a beautiful player, isn't he? I mean, I love watching him drive the ball, and um, mm. he, he's so confident and such a crisp striker, And um, but also, you know, I, I just think, again, the mental strength of that Indian side to be three down for two, and then they, they just took the game to the Australians, and they won it in a canter in the end. Yeah, and the two Australian spinners combined, 16 overs, none for 86, I think it was. Uh, just not good enough in those yep. conditions, as you pointed out. Um, South Africa's ridiculous win 
against Sri Lanka. I do one. I do worry about Sri Lanka. You know, former champion. Of course, they 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 look well off the pace. I know they gave it a good lick, chasing a losing course from the outset. But four hundred and twenty-eight for five, Garth. <laughs> it's, it's well, outstanding. it's outrageous, isn't it? <laughs> and three centurions in that. Um, and of course, you know, Mark Grimm picking up his his hundred and world record time. You know, from forty-nine balls, it, it, just an uh, unbelievable innings. Um, you know, with the cock at the top of the order, um, South Africa are actually going to be a handful. And you'll remember that in that build-up in South Africa, they were 2-0 down, weren't they, in their one-day series, yep. and they came back and won at 3-2. And you saw, again, some enormous uh, scores from the South Africans in South Africa. And I think the one thing I was thinking about is how they're going to translate that to to Indian conditions, you know, are they going to be good enough to be able to do that? Against a Sri Lankan attack, that's actually not too bad uh, with some useful spinners. And, and they, they really did take it to them, didn't they? It was an incredible. So they've answered the question about Indian conditions for me, and we'll see what they're like against better sides. And, of course, you've got South Africa and Australia coming up later this week, which will be, I mean, that's a terrific game because after that, uh, you know, one of those two sort of top sides will be, you know, none from two. Yeah, uh, it's Netherlands, New Zealand uh, later tonight from 9.30. Uh, then it's Bangladesh, England, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, India, Afghanistan, Australia, South Africa on Thursday night our time, as Garth has uh, pointed out. So uh, an important game for England to get back uh, to winning ways against Bangladesh. They should do so. And New Zealand should make it two for two against um, you know, a pretty good side in the Netherlands. They were excellent, I thought, with the ball in the opening sort of 10 overs against Pakistan. But... You know, the question is, do they bat deep enough to score big enough scores in India? No, no is the answer, I think. Um, I mean, lead isn't he an extraordinary all-rounder, picking up um, four wickets and then scoring uh, 67 in that first game? I thought he was he was terrific. Um, but no, I, I mean, New Zealand should be too strong for the Netherlands. If they lose a game like that, it does undoes all that wonderful work that they've done in the first game against England. Uh, you, you always felt, I think, with uh, what have we got? The Netherlands, Afghanistan and Bangladesh. New Zealand have got a, a wonderful draw, really, to pick up those those wins early on and to take the pressure off a little bit, Daniel. And I think that that win against England, uh, you know, to pick up those points in that match and then go into games against the Netherlands, Afghanistan uh, and Bangladesh, they've got a really royal chance to be four from four. And from there, uh, you would think that they would have a very good chance of making the semifinals. I'll get you out on this one, Garth. Garth Gatherway is with us, uh, leading cricket uh, commentator. Um, great student of the game. It's from Patrick and Ashburton who writes, Pretty disappointing crowds at the Cricket World Cup, considering India are supposedly mad on cricket. Clearly they're fans of their own cricket, is not cricket as a whole. Surely with a billion population you can come up with 50,000 attendants. The TV commentators must find it hard to create an atmosphere when the grounds are empty. The standard of cricket has been great. Come on India, get amongst it. We can't ignore it, Garth. It's pretty obvious, isn't it? Uh, the elephant in the room. I, I thought, um, well done, Patrick, from Ashburton, beautiful mid-Canterbury area. Look, I um, I thought it was incredible. But I, Daniel, you know, the ground seats 130,000, doesn't it? I made it, it a bit. But I, I heard or read that there were 40,000 people in the ground. I couldn't see any of them. I mean, I, I don't know when they arrived. Um, that, that number seemed to me to be absolutely bizarre. You saw Session Tendulkar at the start of the day taking the World Cup trophy out and about three people in the crowd applauding him. 
Um, and there just seemed to be no one there early on. They may have come in later in the day. I gather it was a working day in India. Um, and, you know, the organisers being chastised for not putting India in, you know, for the first game to try and get a big crowd in. But, it, but I mean, it really is, you know, it's a comment I've heard by not, not just from Patrick, but from many people that the Indians really, you know, they love their own team, but they're not too interested in watching other teams. I also think it made me just reflect on, on the Women's World Cup in New Zealand and Australia, Daniel, and how incredible the crowds yes. were, um, you know, just thinking through, um, you know, when, we, when we've had, uh, sorry, just thinking about the, you know, the football crowds that we had over here and how incredibly, um, you know, unpatriotic the New Zealand crowds were, really just turning up and watching and loving the joy of football. And I thought, you know, when you see what's happening in India, um, and it, it, yeah, it, it, it's pretty depressing, isn't it? And you, you really do want to see people playing in the World Cup and being supported. The other thing I've just been watching, Daniel, is the Portugal um, Fiji rugby game, and you've yeah, been talking amazing. about that, I'm sure, this morning. But a good crowd there too. You know, good, 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 good numbers turning out to watch those things. So. Hopefully India will improve. I imagine the games in the weekends, you'll get more people. But the one thing you can be assured of is that when India are playing, the place will be sold out. Yeah, I've heard many a story. And, and you know this, Garth. You get a far greater sense if you're on the ground at those tournaments to find out about planning, yeah. how, how noticeable things are. I, I've heard stories of, you know, that the change of scheduling, moving of games hasn't been well received, that ticket sales went uh, to market very late, that they might be out of touch price-wise. But I've even heard conspiracy theories, generally in the un- great unwashed of social media, suggesting this is all a ploy to continue to undermine uh, one-day cricket. So T20 crickets, they'd be all an end-all. I'm not sure if I'm oh willing to buy into that because the, I- the World Cup has been a cash cow for uh, ICC in-, in the past. And if they get it right, it can work and should remain a big piece of the cricketing calendar. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and, you know, and you will remember the conversations when T20 really came to the fore and, and people would talk about test cricket dying. Uh, and, and then people have talked about the 50 over game being the one that will disappear. I, you know, I do feel that there's a place for all of them. Um, I've always enjoyed 50 over cricket more than 20 over cricket because I think, you know, you get more of the chess movements by captains yes. um you know there, 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 there's much more thinking around uh field positions and so on and strategy and you know for, so for me it's intellectually i think it's a much more interesting game than 2020 cricket and i think the 2020 game has allowed uh you know obviously the 50 over players to develop their skills to such an extent that you're seeing some of these extraordinary scores um, but uh, look, I really enjoy it. I hope that the 50 over game survives. Um, you know, I really do hope that the people in India get out and watch it and enjoy it. The conspiracy theories are always interesting, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that made me laugh more than anything, Garth. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time and a lot of it, Garth, to join us. It's great to hear your voice. I uh, can't wait to talk with, some, uh, with you again soon about this uh, game. We both love. Appreciate your time. Good on you, Daniel. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Cheers.